Hello, I am Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School in Sherman Center. That's Random Lake, Wisconsin, just north of Random Lake. So glad to have you with us here this morning for our Congregation of Prayer. It is Saturday, August 15th, 2020. Uh, August 15th is also the feast day for St. Mary, Mother of our Lord. So um, I will include some meditation um, on St. Mary and a prayer we'll include in Thanksgiving uh, for the gift of our Mother. All right. We begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in Jesus Christ, or in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, one last time for this week. Let's say our memory verse together. If you can do it from memory, that'd be great. No temptation has overtaken you except as such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Pray the psalm. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength, eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We pray, or excuse me, we hear the reading from Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. 
call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. There ends the reading. And our reading for catechesis today is continuation of Matthew's Gospel. Now we are in chapter 24. All right. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted calf are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said, to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing in teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. There ends the reading. All right. Uh, We mentioned this yesterday, but it's worth repeating. What is a parable? Now, a parable is a, is a story, certainly, um, that Jesus tells. Uh, it has a twofold purpose. It hides and it reveals the mysteries about the kingdom of God. It hides it from those who refuse to believe and it reveals it to those who trust in Jesus. Now, who is the king in the story? A certain king. Just like yesterday, we had the certain landowner. Yeah, that's referring again to God the Father. And who is the son? Of course, Jesus. Who then are the servants who are invited to the wedding? Yeah, the prophets, the apostles, the pastors of the church. They are the servants, right? 
Um, and then they are sent to invite, right? Okay. Uh, then what's the heaven, or excuse me, I almost gave it away. What's the wedding banquet? This marriage banquet. Yeah, this is the heavenly feast, right? This is the kingdom that has no end. Who are the ones who have been invited now by the apostles and prophets and pastors? Yeah, that's Israel initially, or the Jews. Um, of what should the butchered oxen and the fatted calves remind us of? Think of the Old Testament sacrifices, right? That foreshadowed Christ, who is the fatted calf um, that it dies in our place. What were the two responses to the invitation to come to the wedding feast? The call. All right, we see in verse 3 that they were not willing to come. All right, come to the wedding. Um, but then in verse 5, yeah, there's the first set. They made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm and another to his business. So that's one possible response, basically just ignoring the invitation. Uh, and then you have the worst response in verse 6. Well, worse, you know, as far as the servants go, that they seized the servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. Uh, what past and even future historic events might be included there in verse 7? Verse 7 being the king heard about it. Uh, he was furious, sent out his armies, destroyed the murderers, and burned their city. What past and future events? You know, get to know your Old Testament history a little bit, maybe to think of some of these. Second King, uh, Kings, verse tw or chapter twenty-five records this: it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King. Here it is, Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of the war of war fled at night by way of the gate between the two walls, which were the which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city, and the king went by the way of the plain. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him, and they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, uh, Nebuzaradan, the ca captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great. He burned with fire, and all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces. 
and carried their bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered, the fire pans and the basins, the things of solid gold and the solid silver, the captain of the guard took away, the two pillars, one sea, and the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze and all the articles, was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was eighteen cubits, and the capital on it was of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, and the network of, and pomegranates all around the capital were of bronze. The second pillar was the same with the network. And the captain of the guard took Sevariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, five men, the king's close associates were found, etc. All right, you can keep reading. So that's all in Second Kings. So you have the destruction of Jerusalem. This would be um, relatively well known to the people. All right, they remembered. Right, and we also see um, how this all spins out in the exile uh, in the book of Daniel, of course. Of course, that's past. How about future? Well, this is what he says in Luke 21, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, and all the things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive um, all nation, into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. All right. Um, and think also of what St. Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, he says, uh, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believers, or for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not, or by, will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will raise, be raised first. Then uh, we who are alive will be and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. All right, so you've got both past judgment against Jerusalem and you have future judgment, which will be uh, fulfilled, according to history, on the uh, AD 70. All right, and uh, actually that's uh, tomorrow's reading of judgment against Jerusalem as well. So we have the Babylonian exile, we have the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans, and then of course we have judgment day. Okay, now, why were the invited ones not worthy? Is it because, um, you know, they're second-class citizens or something? No. No, their worth is that, uh, their lack of worth is that they have rejected the servants who preach the word of the Lord. Worthiness, well-preparedness, if you want to quote the catechism, is faith in these words, faith in Jesus' words. Faith in the word of God, right? Um, so now who are invited? In verse 10, you see, yeah, all nations that are baptized into Christ, right? The servants are found both good, uh, bad, and good, right? 
Uh, this is, of course, what Jesus says um, later on in Matthew's Gospel. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and baptize all nations, or no, excuse me, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So these good and bad, um, that's just referring to everybody. It's all-inclusive. All right, now what wedding garments are necessary? Because that becomes the next part of the parable. We know something of these garments, right? Think of the way that Paul says it in Galatians 3. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you, of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Put on, like a garment. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I would add uh, the, one, the recipients of the blessings promised to Abraham. All right, so yeah, the wedding garment of the clothes of baptism. What did Jesus call the man without a wedding garment? Yeah, he calls him uh, a friend. A friend. Um, how has that term friend been used in Matthew's gospel? This is important, I think, to understanding what he's getting after here. Think of back in Matthew 20. Uh, yeah, when he says uh, in the parable of the, uh, of the laborers, right? He says, uh, but he answered, and said, uh, answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Remember, these are the ones who are complaining about um, the day's wage being given to all. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. Um, but then also we'll see friend come up later. This one maybe comes to mind right away. If I say Matthew 26. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Mm. And they came and they laid their hands on Jesus and took him. Yeah. It's, it's, only, been it's only used in Matthew in this way uh, for those who complain that they have not received the greater reward for their labors. Uh, or Judas, right? Or the betrayer. All right, so it's not, uh, it's not quite as positive a term as you'd like it to mean here. Friend, what does he say? How did you come in here without a wedding garment? Uh, well, and how did the friend respond? Well, he didn't. He was speechless. Who else is left speechless? This is going to happen um, later in our next reading, actually. Or no, uh, maybe on Tuesday, I think. We'll see it with the Sadducees as Jesus discourses with them uh, about the resurrection. Yeah. And... Uh, Actually, it'll be on Wednesday, it looks like. I'm looking ahead at my lesson plan here. Yeah, we're going to talk about it on, on uh, well, Tuesday and then into Wednesday. Yeah, the Sadducees will discourse with him on the resurrection. They denied the resurrection, and then Jesus silences them. What was done to the man without the wedding garment? He was bound hand and foot, right? 
taken away and cast into the outer darkness. Uh, what is this darkness? What's another name for it? The Christians call it uh, hell, right? But, but who is cast into the darkness for us? Yeah, in our place. That's actually Jesus, right? Um, Jesus is the one who enters into the darkness to bring us into the light. Think of um, the way that uh, the prophet uh, Isaiah is quoted earlier in this gospel, back in chapter 4. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Those who sat in the region of the and shadow of death, a light has dawn, dawned. See that? Um, but then also, um, we're going to see it, of course, in Matthew 27. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? Um. When were the words in verse 14 used previously? Many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah, it's connected back to that same parable that we talked about with um, the statement friend. Uh, did, did I not agree? Or did we not agree to a denarius a day, right? And it's given at the conclusion of that parable back in Matthew 20 as well. Um, the parable of the laborers hired to work in the vineyard. In both cases, um, Jesus is highlighting that the, the fact that through his word, or though his word is preached, I should say, to many, there are few, are many as well, who reject the gift of salvation that is proclaimed in the darkness. So many are called. The gospel is for all, um, but not all will receive it. That is, that word chosen, um, you could say elected, that'd be another way to say it. That is, um, that their doubt is overcome and they receive faith. Right. Meditation on the stacks a little bit longer. God the Father is the king who prepared the wedding feast for his son, whose bride is to be the church. The invitation had been given to the children of Abraham to come to the wedding feast by the servants um, that are his servants that are the prophets. But they were rejected and killed. Jerusalem had been destroyed and the people taken into exile. And yet they still would not listen to the prophet Jesus when he came preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Now the Father would send out the apostles to invite nations of the earth to come to the feast, at which his son was to be the fattened calf. Christ was sacrificed to be our food as we eat his body and drink his blood given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. It is Christ who will be our meat and drink at the heavenly feast of the bride and the bridegroom. Those who rejected the invitation are not worthy, for they did not live by faith, but instead trusted in their own works. There is one who even dares to come to the feast without the wedding garment of the righteousness of Christ, which has been given to all the baptized. He is cast out because the faithful are all called to wear the robes of the righteous one, or their sin would be fully exposed. This is a parable which calls us to live by faith, in Christ alone and his righteousness, as we hear the preached word and feast upon the body and blood of Christ. Indeed, Christ teaches us here that faith cannot live apart from the divine service. I probably should say that again. Christ teaches us here that faith cannot live apart from 
preaching and the receiving of Christ's body and blood in the supper. Uh, which is the reason why, of course, that we are gathered together and um, barring something uh, really terribly unforeseen, um, I don't see us locking down again. Because our faith, and we can see this now, the faith of many uh, of those who were weak amongst us has faltered as a result of us not gathered, being gathered together around Christ and his word and sacrament. So, heed the parable. Good, let's confess uh, the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And lead us not into temptation. Which is, well, that's the sixth petition. Okay, what does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame, excuse me, and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, lead us not into temptation. Guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Saturday, let us pray for faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's Day. On this 15th of August, we, of course, celebrate the gift of life uh, with Tucker and the gift of holy baptism with Summer. We ask the Lord grant his healing to those who are ill or in recovery from surgery or will be undergoing surgery this week. Marcella, Jan, Ron, David, Carol, Brad, Janet, and Carol. Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, and Jean. We, Lord, we ask the Lord to grant a peaceful end to Steve, that he comfort those who grieve, especially the family of Fred Wilk, that he um, grant strength to those who are isolated at home, including Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev, that he would bless the missions and mercy work of our church, especially LCMS World Relief and Human Care, and the Federwitz family. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the collect for this week one last time. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now, as I mentioned, today is, of course, um, the feast day for St. Mary, Mother of our Lord. Um, we're not going to gather together in particular for this day, but I thought I'd share with you, before we conclude our prayers, uh, a meditation and then uh, a prayer for St. Mary. St. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is mentioned repeatedly in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, with nearly a dozen specific incidents in her life being recorded. Her betrothal to Joseph, the Annunciation by the angel Gabriel, that she was to be the mother of the Messiah, her visitation to Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptizer, uh, the Nativity of our Lord, the visits of the shepherds and the wise men, the presentation of the infant Jesus in the temple, the flight into Egypt, 
the Passover visit to Jerusalem when Jesus was twelve, the wedding at Cana in Galilee, her presence at the crucifixion when her son commended her to the care of his disciple John, and her gathering with the apostles in the upper room after the ascension, waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. Thus, she is present at most of the important events in her son's life. She is especially remembered and honored for her unconditional obedience to the will of God. Quote, Let it be to me according to your word, Luke 1. For her loyalty to her son even when she did not understand him. Do whatever he tells you, John 2. And above all, for the highest honor that heaven bestowed on her, that being the mother of our Lord. Blessed are you among women, Luke 1. According to tradition, Mary went with the Apostle John to Ephesus, where she died. Let us pray. Almighty God, you chose the Virgin Mary to be the mother of your only Son. Grant that we, who are redeemed by his blood, may share with her in the glory of your eternal kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, on this Saturday, um, I think today I'll, I'll read you the hymn that was for this week, uh, as if it's poetry. Oh, it is poetry. What is the world to me, with all its vaunted pleasure, when you, and you alone, Lord Jesus, are my treasure? You only, dearest Lord, my soul's delight shall be. You are my peace, my rest. What is the world to me? The world seeks to be praised and honored by the mighty, yet never once reflects that they are frail and flighty. But what I truly prize above all things is he, my Jesus, he alone. What is the world to me? The world seeks after wealth and all that mammon offers, and yet never is content, though gold should fill its coffers. I have a higher good, content with it I'll be. My Jesus is my wealth. What is the world to me? What is the world to me? My Jesus is my treasure, my life, my health, my wealth, my friend, my love, my pleasure, my joy, my crown, my all, my bliss eternally. Once more then, I declare, what is the world to me? Indeed, what is the world to me when we have Christ our Lord and his salvation? That concludes our Congregation at Prayer today for August 15th, 2020. So glad to have you with us. Um, do join us tomorrow morning, Sunday at 9.30 a.m. for our divine service. Um, we'll hear more actually about uh, Christ and his judgment against sin and this world. Um, but also the salvation thus that we have, that, that we receive actually through judgment and through death into life and 
life with him eternally. All right, so join us tomorrow, 9.30. Um, hopefully live stream works. If it doesn't, uh, I'll repost it later in the day and you can catch it then. Or be with you all. We'll see you again soon.